This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, so this is likely to be a fairly quick episode today as hopefully none of what I say is going to be new to you. Um, but I do think it is important and I, that's why I wanted to record this episode. So what I want to talk about today is your product's USP or unique selling point and why having one is really important. Um, I guess what's triggered this episode is something that I've seen a lot recently, particularly on Amazon, which is what I'm going to call copycat products, where someone is seeing a product that's selling well and is ordering the exact replica of that and then branding it themselves. And when I say the exact replica, of course, they might not be going to the same manufacturer necessarily, but essentially this is the exact same product as somebody else's. Now, firstly, I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with that. If you want to do that, you know, you do you, that's fine. Um, But something that I just want you to think about is when you do that, why would anyone choose to buy from you over the other seller who's selling the same product? He presumably already has sales history and review history um, because there must be something that's made you think, okay, this looks like a viable product. So I'm going to assume it's because that, you know, that product is already selling really well. So all I can see in terms of how you could possibly differentiate yourself is on price. Um, See, I see a lot of manufacturers doing this now. So they are selling, you know, maybe people are buying their products and they're seeing actually people are selling our products on Amazon and they're doing really well. So the manufacturer themselves then start selling the product on Amazon. And since it's something they actually make, they can obviously offer it at a lot cheaper price than everyone else. But that probably isn't you. So making price the way you differentiate yourself won't really work as a long-term strategy because if your competitors also lower their prices to compete, you might then need to lower yours again to keep up. And before you know it, you might actually not be making a product because if the other sellers, let's say, have been selling longer than you, perhaps they're ordering bigger quantities, perhaps they've negotiated slightly cheaper rates, they might be able, you know, they might have a bit more margin. They might be able to drop their prices a bit, but you could end up in a situation where actually you're not making any money particularly if you're having to pay for advertising to get people to your listing in the first place um and I don't want to sound all doom and gloom here by the way um the whole point of me sharing this example is it's something that I've seen happening and it's a shame because by doing a little bit of work up front you could actually look at this product that's already selling really well on Amazon make your product better or different and still sell really well and maybe you know even for a a similar price maybe even a higher price if you can make your products better than what's already out there and that's what I wanted to talk about because I think that's really important 
Now, the only exception here on my price example is if your product is deliberately designed to be a cheaper or perhaps simpler version of something that already exists and, you know, you've sourced it and you've priced it with that in mind, then that is your USP. So let's say you've seen a product and you think, oh, that looks really fussy. Actually, it doesn't need this component. It doesn't need to be made from this. And actually, if I do that, I can sell it for less money. And, it's, and you know, the product essentially does the same thing. Or perhaps you've looked at a product and you've seen, you know, it's got lots of fancy packaging and you thought, well, actually, if I created that and I got rid of all this packaging I, I bought something recently actually and it came in just a simple like brown recycled envelope and it didn't need anything else that was great and obviously packaging adds on to the price so your one of your USPs could be you know in this example actually we only use minimal packaging um, that then makes the product price cheaper it means you can sell it cheaper and it also means you've got something to talk about so it's not about price it's actually we sell this but we don't have all this unnecessary packaging that's your USP. So how are you going to go about creating USP for your product? How should you be doing it if it's not just about price? So the answer might be really obvious if your product is brand new and it's really unique. If it's not a 100% original idea, and let's face it, very few are, then this is something you should be thinking about at the design stage, not at the marketing stage. So I really hope you're listening to this and I've caught you at the right time. So I suggest doing a few things right at the outset, two things actually. The first thing is, is finding out what your competitors already sell. So let's say your product is similar to something that's already on Amazon. I sell, my first product was Muslin Swaddle Blankets. So let's take that as an example. I looked when I was getting started out, all the other Muslin Swaddle Blankets on Amazon at the time. And what you want to be doing is looking at the products, looking at the, the exact spec, you know, how big are they? What are they made up of? What do they do? Have a look at their reviews. What are people saying about them? What do people like? What do people not? like what's the rrp how are they packaging them how are they positioning themselves um have a look at all of this um and as i say the one of the key things for me is looking at their reviews and seeing what customers say because that can be that can really help you work out how to differentiate yourself and i'll give you a real life example so today i was looking at children's pirate hats because my child needs one for a fancy dress thing and um, I was reading lots of reviews for one particular product on Amazon that said it came up way too big for most adults let alone for a child so if that was a product I was going to sell so let's say that I was going to be selling children's pirate hats and assuming I was seeing this feedback quite consistently on other listings this is very hypothetical um, I might decide that my USP would be that my hat is actually sized correctly for a child and perhaps if I led a lot of reviews talking about similar hats being poorly made or uncomfortable to wear, I'd fix all of those things too. So then I'd be solving a problem that my customer has. So buying fancy dress hats that their children won't wear either because they don't fit or they're uncomfortable or they're buying poorly made items they don't get much wear out of because, you know, they just fall apart after a couple of uses. Um, you know, I could, if I was going to be selling children's pirate hats and in this hypothetical situation, if I'm reading all of this in reviews, I can make my children's pirate hat better than others on the market. And, you know, I can talk about in my product listing our hats are sized for children and I could have pictures of children wearing them. I could talk about the quality. I could talk about, you know, why they're so comfortable. Perhaps they've got some sort of special lining or whatever it is. Um, you know, that would be my USP. And as a complete aside, if I were the seller of the first product mentioned on Amazon now, um, I would start marketing it as an adult's hat immediately because um, all the reviews say that it doesn't fit children. So if that's your product, I think I would start, you know, pitching it for adults. 
Now, the second thing I would do at the outset is talk to your customers. So you would have heard me say this before, you don't necessarily have to come out and share all the details of your product if you don't want to, particularly in these early stages. Um, although there isn't something to be said for getting them to buy in early. And I'll give you an, actually a real example of this. So I follow a lady called Janet Murray and Janet is a UK based content expert. And every year she puts out a social media diary and planner. And every year, fairly early on in the year, given that, you know, these are for the next year so they're like they run January to December sometime in the summer she starts sharing covers that she's considering and she asks her audience on social media to vote for their favorite this is really really clever because that's this gets people invested in her products before she even has anything to sell because people vote for their favorites and then maybe their favorite makes it onto the final list of covers that goes forward and then I believe she also then might offer a discount to people who've voted and that sort of thing and that's just really nice it's getting excitement for her products before she even has something to sell but let's say that that's not you you know you don't want to do that so what else can you do um, I've spoken before about how you can do research of your ideal customers and as an aside be sure you know who your customers are before you start doing any research and um, how you can do this research online and without giving away much or anything at all about your product and I'm going to link to some episodes and blog posts that cover that in the show notes um, but essentially you can be asking people questions around your products about similar products to what you have in mind without giving much away about what you're doing at all if that's the way you prefer to do things so if you ask people for their input so the sort of thing you'd be asking them is just to give you some examples before you go away and listen to the other episodes so you might be asking them so let's take the muslin swaddle blanket idea I might be asking people oh did you ever use muslin swaddle blankets for your children what did you look about like about the ones that you got what didn't you like um how could they have been better what did you think of the price was it worth the money etc etc um this would also help you come up with some ideas for your own product um, it really, really does all come down to research, in my opinion. So I'll give you some examples for my... And it is, I don't want to say it's as simple as that because it's not as simple as that, but then it sort of kind of is as well. It really comes down to knowing what your competition, knowing your competition and knowing your customer. So knowing what else is out there in the market and seeing where where and how your product fits and also knowing your customer and knowing what they need. So I'm going to give you some examples of USPs for my own products. So all of my products are designed to last. So they're really big, they're really good quality, they can be used reused handed down to younger children and um, my swaddles specifically that's the first product I launched were also designed to be unisex so I only offer one style and um, I just wanted to make sure that I had a product that could just be used by used and reused by lots of people um, my towel when I launched that was bigger than any other towel on the market at the time and it was also the thickest as I say at the time it definitely won't be now a couple of years on but when I launched it I was looking at lots of people complaining that their towels are really small which was also an experience I had and that they just weren't very thick and absorbent my bamboo bowls have really minimal branding and they're a really good size so again when I launched them they were some of the biggest 
bamboo baby bowls on the market and they can be used by older children and adults once you take off the silicone base which means they last a lot longer than the baby ones because I'd seen a lot of reviews about the visible branding on the side of a competitor's bowl which clearly identified it as a baby product so it only had like a limited use because adults didn't want to be put in their I don't know crisps or cereal or whatever in a bowl that had like you know very clearly baby branding on the side so my branding is quite discreet and at the bottom of the bowl so you can use those bowls all the time anyone can use them and you know they're not you know they don't look like a baby product and actually the USP of my entire brand which is called Tiny Chipmunk if I haven't mentioned that before is that I want products that are really good quality and that last um and that came sort of from a need that I had, which was finding that baby products just weren't really lasting very long. Um, my kids were either outgrowing them or like the quality just wasn't great. And when I wanted to use them a second time, they just looked a bit tatty and worn out. So that's where they came from. So I'm going to give you some examples of USPs from other guests I've had on the podcast that might inspire you. I'll link to all of these episodes in the show notes as well. So Liz Ferguson from Gus and Bo came on and she spoke about how she wanted to design modular play mats that are also stylish. So these are those mats that sort of, they're foam and they fit together like a jigsaw. And Liz was seeing that when she was looking to buy one for her own children, that they were just all like really bright, garish colours and didn't really suit her home. And so she wanted to create something, um, yeah, just that looked a lot nicer. Um, I had Vanessa from Aromatherapy on and Vanessa talked about how she wanted to create products that worked for sensitive skin because she was struggling to find products that actually worked for her. Joe Short from Trip Clip was it was really interesting. So Joe talked about how his product he created a you know really unique product that solved the problem of not being able to watch a screen while traveling without getting a sore neck so it's basically um trip clip is something that allows you to attach a device to the seat in front of you whether that's a car a plane a bus and then you can watch your device hands-free without having to put your head down and get a sore neck at the end of your journey and Emily from Bundle and Beam wanted to solve the issue of being able to keep your child warm and dry while in a baby carrier or a buggy. She also has products for wheelchairs as well. Um, and these are just some examples. If you go back for the back catalogue of this podcast, you know, there are so many examples of people who can explain really well what makes their product unique and different. And um, so I do encourage you to go back and listen to some of these back episodes as well if you're looking for some inspiration. So I just want to finish on why is this even important? Well, I think there are a few reasons to have a great USP for your product. Firstly, it will help you sell it as it will either be completely original, it will solve a problem or it will be an improvement on other products already out there. So essentially, you're going to have a great product if you take the time to think about what makes your product different and unique and why people should buy it. You can also talk about the benefits in your product description. Um, as I've mentioned before we should always be talking about benefits not features and it's something to talk about in your marketing in your, maybe perhaps even in your branding a way of telling your story and um, for example you'll often hear me tell the story of how I created my products after finding out that products I took out to use with my second child just weren't in good enough condition and that became one of the key elements of Tiny Chipmunk products that could be used washed used again handed down from child to child and just got loads of use out of them while retaining the quality so that really helped me think about the products that I created because I have got a bit of a range now it helped me with the spec of those products and also gave me things to talk about and a story to tell that other people could relate to So that was my USP. I would love to know what yours is. Please, please, please 
write to me, find me on Instagram and let me know. It's vicky at vickyweinberg.com. That's vicky with an I. Um, and I will link to everything that I've spoken about in the show notes. Um, and I really hope that if you're at the beginning of your product creation journey, this is just giving you something to think about. Um, don't worry if you're not at the beginning, you know, if, if you've already got a product, because I'm sure that actually you probably would have done a lot of this without even knowing you've done a lot of this in the process of coming up with your product idea and your actual product. I'm convinced that if you're listening to this, then you are interested in having a great product and your product will be different and unique. And if you're not sure what your USP is, I'm convinced you'll have one and um, get in touch if I can help you find it out so have a lovely rest of your day if you've got time to leave a quick review for this podcast i always appreciate it and don't forget to follow so that you get all future episodes as soon as they're available if you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024 i really recommend my podcast host captivate captivate were my top pick when i started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.